episode 49, and I want to get nerdy. Every other week, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) So we were talking in the last episode about retention is revenue, right? And we talked about a few different things around that. And I want to get nerdy just because I think one of the things that's really important from a business perspective and for everyone that's involved in business, whether that's it's your company or you're an employee in the business, there's one thing that everyone needs to understand more of and most people don't want to, and that's their numbers. And I think one of the big things around the numbers is what does it cost you to acquire a new customer? See, when you said numbers, I thought because of all my health scares, blood pressure numbers and temperature, because my blood pressure, just to let you know today, was 121 over 62. That's good. Which has been the best it's been virtually all year. So I was super excited that I knew my numbers. Then you went all technical and nerdy to say, what does it cost to acquire a new customer? I told you I was going to get nerdy. I mean... if we're going to talk health numbers for a minute, I, I can tell you a story. Um, it's actually around my, my pulse, my heart rate. Um, but maybe we'll come back to that one because I'll do the other bit. But remind me, if, okay, not if one of us remembers, yeah, we'll yeah, come back to yeah. that bit. Um, but the, yeah, the thing I was going to say is like, how much it costs you to acquire a new customer? Okay. And that's a number I think every business should know. You know if we're doing marketing and advertising and you know the number of sales calls and all this kind of stuff, every activity that it takes to land a new customer, what does that cost? And then ask yourself, how much do you spend on retention? Because we were talking in the last episode about like churn, particularly on mobile phones and insurance and stuff like that, where you know companies give a better deal to new people because they want to win new clients, which means they lose clients, which means you end up with a revolving door. And if you've got a revolving door, you don't grow a business. Yeah, for every customer you gain, you lose a customer. Or for every two you gain, you lose a customer. You're not really growing, right? Not at the rate you could be if you kept those existing ones. So my big question is, what does it cost you to to win a new client? But also, how many more clients would you keep if you spent a percentage of that? And the amount, you know, the percentage will vary depending on the numbers involved. If you spent a percentage of that, making that client feel special so that you can retain them. Okay, and there's the key word, that when people emotionally buy into you and they're made to feel special, and that's no different with friends and everything else that we have in our lives, that when we're made to feel special, so I I think I may have shown you when you first came to my house, that, you know, last week I, I arrived at a client and there were some phenomenal new animal sweets and they were I think from Marks and Spencers and the total cost of what they probably bought me was probably £3.50 if they had bought me a bottle of wine which goes back to what we're talking about personal needs and I don't drink the wine I'm sure would have been more expensive I wouldn't have wanted it I wouldn't have felt special wouldn't have appreciated it and I could have thought what a silly client they know I don't drink if we look after him well with some chocolate monkeys and that, I mean, they were, they were some yep. banana shaped, no, they were some monkey shaped bananas, whatever it was, in a chocolate. I was like so excited. And then what was interesting, and it's what happens often in business, I then go on social media to tell people how lovely my client is. Absolutely. Which goes back to that stage about retaining customers. Do you remember the old days of going to a hotel and you had to pay 
to get on Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes. And then you realise that if they let you have it free, you would check into a hotel, and then first thing you do on social media is check in. Well, it's, 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 one, it's one of the things, actually, I mean, so a social media platform that I'm not aware that anyone's still using anymore. There used to be this thing called Foursquare. I don't know if you're familiar with Foursquare, but Foursquare was like a, it was almost like a competition to become the mayor of a particular location. Okay, so it would be like, you know, Neil's just checked in at the Holiday Inn Basingstoke or whatever, and is now the mayor because he's checked in more times than anyone else, right? And actually, I used to work for a business that had its head office in Basingstoke, and I used to go to Basingstoke on a pretty regular basis, and I always stayed in the same hotel, which was actually the Hilton, because they gave me free Wi-Fi for being in their, like, honours membership program thing. And I would check in there, and I was the mayor of the Hilton Hotel Basingstoke, even though I didn't live in Basingstoke, right? So it's the, you're right. It's those kind of little things that, that can make a big difference and kind of keep that buy-in going. But you're also dead right that you've got to think carefully when you give people gifts. I had a, a friend of mine. I did some stuff to help him out in his business, and he's got a, or he had, I should say, a managing director that was running the company for him. And the managing director that was that was running the company at the time sent wine to my home as a thank you. Now, I'm sober. I don't drink, and I don't drink for a good reason. Sending me wine is not really a thank you. So between the two of us, we're not the best people for a cheese and wine party. Absolutely not. Now, I, I did... So to retain our services, I just need some chocolate... And you need some... Well, actually, chocolate works pretty well for me. No, but isn't that interesting? So to retain us, our services, and although Neil charges a bit more for his podcast services, like we spoke last week, a good start would be to send him some chocolate. Yeah, or, or something that shows you've paid attention to me, right? You know, as in, if you've listened to what we talk about, there's a bunch of things we've talked about where I've maybe said something uh, you know, without thinking of specifics right now. But if you went back through these episodes and you went back through recent episodes, there'll be something in there where you go, oh, Neil likes that. Or, you know, if someone's been watching the videos, they'll notice that I've always got freaking beads around my wrist. Okay. I so- thought that was to keep your wrist together. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason for that, is there? But, you know, but go sending me beads. I like beads, you know? Um, I like watches. I like nice pens. There's a whole bunch of things that I like. I, you know, there's a, a, a company called Elvis and Creasy who make things out of reclaimed London fire hose. I've bought loads of stuff off them. I like what they do. You know, I, Paul Smith, someone else, I like what they do. You know. Okay, we're going to spend the whole of this episode just talking about brands that I want. Brands no, that you no, want. No, no, no. Because not. you started off about retention. And what's interesting is that to retain you as a customer doesn't take much if they listen to your needs. Exactly. And again, a really good example of that, I like good coffee, right? There's another example. I like good coffee. I've bought multiple cars from the same car dealership because they have a barista coffee bar inside the dealership. When I go in there, even if I just call in there for no real specific reason, there is someone that serves me really good coffee and doesn't charge me for it. When I go in for a service, I sit there, have have better coffee than most of the major coffee chains, and I get barista service and I get table service and everything else while they're fixing my car. Now, obviously, I'm paying them to fix my car, right? That bit is true. But what I'm also getting is this fantastic service from them while that is taking place. And that's and that's the important point. That is the important point. What's really interesting 
is that in the middle of this podcast, my dog has decided to join us. Uh-huh. And because one of my personal needs is that my dog is part of our podcast, you allowed me to continue this podcast going, knowing that he's special to me. Absolutely. And Alfie is now on the sofa with me, right? <laughs> but here's the key bit is that there are some of my clients that don't like dogs. And I've realised now that clients that don't like dogs are not clients of mine anymore. Yeah. Because they get so nervous and scared. And he's a bit of a baby. And he's now sitting on the couch. But again, instead of me looking for new clients, if I have the clients that I like and Alfie joins us and he's a calming effect on my clients, they stay longer. Yep. Now, I'm not ready to take him on the road with me and be on the side <laughs> of the stage because he's not that type of dog as I see him sitting there licking his balls. But that's a separate issue that's going on right now. But going back to your original comment, that retaining your clients and knowing the cost of your customer and where you got them from. So I said that in the very beginning, that when I go back originally to where my business started, there are two main organisations that helped me get started. And a lot of my clients came from there. Often, and I don't know if I've shared this with you, my mantra of fit for your flea yep. still works for me today that if I am going to try and get new clients, it's got to be a fit that serves me, my family, my business, my integrity, and they understand me. But my existing clients already know all that. Yep. So why, wouldn't, why would I want to try and attract new people that may not buy into my dog, for example? And all my existing clients understand I've got this mad dog who's probably going to join us in the middle of a coaching session who's going to just sit on the couch and then go to sleep and then if you're really careful and you listen to this podcast you'll probably hear him snoring very soon (laughs) or I have to spend money to get to either advertise go to the middle of nowhere to attract new clients so do you know what it costs you to get new clients Neil I do for certain things yeah absolutely it depends on what the client's for. It depends on what I'm doing with them, right? Um, but there, there are certain activities where I know exactly what it costs me to win someone. I also know that if I look after people when they're working with me, they keep working with me. And you've probably got some clients that have been with you for years and years and years because they stick with what they know. Absolutely. And we all do it, don't we? If we've got somebody we know, like, and trust, why do we look for somebody else? You know, ultimately, there are... There's a friend of mine in the States, actually. He says, you know, people only stop buying from you when either A, you stop giving them things to buy, or B, you monumentally screw up. You you offend them in some way and they go away, or you stop letting them buy. That's it. You see, I'm just curious very often when someone says to me, business is bad, but it was good. What's changed? And normally, complacency steps in. Yep you then start letting people down because you're spending your energy on new customers. Yeah. I know in the past I have done that, that some new shiny toy, and one of the problems for us monkeys, a new shiny toy appears and you think, well, that'll be interesting. Yeah. And the old toy that's been brilliant for ages, you kind of go, they won't mind if I mess up. Well, they do eventually. Yeah. So I'm blessed that I have five corporate coaching clients that have been with me for probably longer than three years now and I once let one of them down and I remember him saying to me but we always have this slot how important was it that you messed up by not coming to me yeah and it was a real turning point because I thought he was a mate and he was a mate provided I delivered what he wanted yeah and I was nearly willing to give it up 
because I thought we were closer. Yeah. Your your friends and your existing clients are friends because you service them well. Don't service them well, and they soon won't be your friends. Absolutely, absolutely. And we, you know, we've all got friends in our lives that. How can I put this? We've all had experiences of friends in our lives that stop being friends, like not even in a business context, because of some kind of disagreement. I mean, I actually, um, I've got a friend of mine. That's the buzzer. We're almost up the time, but I've got a friend of mine who, with all this Brexit stuff going on, has actually lost a close personal friend because their opinions are in the opposite directions. And he's like, you know, the friend of mine's like, I actually don't really care what other people's opinions are, but I expect them to respect mine. But he has a friend who was like, you voted one way, I voted the other, I can't be your friend anymore. It's that extreme, right? Which is why, just for the record, on this podcast, we don't talk about politics because there'd be a group of people that don't want our views. And the other reason is I don't know enough about it. So I prefer to talk about what I do know, which is self-esteem, motivation, goal setting, and how to create your best year ever. And you notice that when I talked about that, I did it in such a generic way. You don't even know what their opinions are. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we're talking about things, and this is a this is a really important thing for anyone that's trying to put content out into the world, whether that's on stage, on social media, whatever. Sometimes you want to talk about things in a really general way that people can fill in the blanks for themselves. Let someone put their own story into your story rather than giving them every single detail, because then it's more relatable by saying less. And less is more always. Yeah, and if less is more, we're already over on time, so we should probably end. We should, but you know what the people should do before we finish is leave a review on all the big platforms and register for Your Best Year Starts Now because we are getting really close now to the conference of the year. Yep, so go to bestyearstartshere.com forward slash priority. That is bestyearstartshere.com forward slash priority. Stick your details in and we will speak to you very, very soon. Oh, and that thing that I said at the beginning I was going to talk about, we'll do that next week. Your best year starts right here. Perfect. See you next week.